Hey y'all. <laughs> I'm Kimberly McLeod and I'm Christy Thompson and we're part of Lyft, the Lyft team and ministry. We have a podcast and women's ministry and Christy and I are both counselors, both do work with trauma. Christy does a lot more than I do, but we talk about trauma a lot. A lot. Like just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make us weird? I don't know. That's, <laughs> so that gets us excited. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what our conversations are about. <laughs> um, but we were talking the other day just about kind of what we're facing as a country and even just what our clients are facing. And Christy had a great idea um, for us to record part of that conversation, hopefully so we can encourage and support others. And so today is kind of like an interview. I'm going to be interviewing Christy. She's kind of an expert in this area, and I learned so much from her. So that's kind of the plan for the next 30 minutes, maybe. Sounds good. And um, I, I mean, I'm honored that you think that I'm an expert. I like to think of myself a little bit more as a student, but I've, you know, kind of been a student of trauma my whole life. Yeah. Um, and, and now I get to maybe just sort of share that, what I've learned. Yeah. So I hope I can share what I've learned and that it helps somebody. Yeah. So I think that's a good starting point. You know, a student of trauma your whole life, can you define what trauma is? You know, how that's yeah, for um, sure. part of all of our story. Yeah. And actually, we're going to be doing podcast episodes on our stories coming up, so that will probably be our next episode. Yeah. But yeah, so trauma is any experience that overwhelms our current ability to cope, understand, and integrate. So those are the three key words there, cope, understand, and integrate, at the time that it happens. So it's also, it's, devel it's a developmental experience. So something that we might have the ability to cope with, understand, and integrate when we're, you know, 30 or 40 is going to be different than what we had the ability to cope, understand, um, and integrate at 10 or 6. So that's very important to understand and know when we're dealing with trauma. And we're going to talk about implicit memory in a little while, but that's going to become a very important part of the conversation because it helps us know what to do with those feelings when they get mm -hmm. brought back up. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, little T trauma, big T trauma? I think also we've talked about temperaments on the podcast. And so what feels like trauma to me in my temperament yeah. is different mm -hmm. than what might feel like a trauma to you, you know, based exactly. on yeah. our age, our right. wiring. Right. And so as we kind of get into this field of trauma, the, the classifying the different types that um, we experience is going to be important in just helping us understand how to move forward um, and how to treat. So, but one of the things um, you mentioned was like big T, little T, and sometimes I like to call that loud and quiet, um, you know, because little T's can be just as damaging as big T's over time because it's like, um, you know, just chronic, chronic, yeah, little little incidents that build up and really leave a huge impact. Um, but then quiet and loud is not really a good way to talk about it either because sometimes if we call it a loud trauma, those are actually silent. Nobody knows about them. Um, you know, so, but, but basically just 
little T's, I guess, would be just chronic small events that leave a huge impact, like um, being bullied every day or having a verbally um, abusive parent that every single day, you know, was impacting that child with their words or how they spoke to the child. Um, that could be an example of that kind of death by a thousand mm -hmm. cuts. Is that, yeah, that's yeah. somebody's quote, right? Yes. And you may not like that terminology, yeah. small and big T. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we, I don't know that we have good terminology for it yet. So like, I would love for somebody to come up with some wonderful, yeah. a wonderful way to talk about it. Um, but that just honors, you know, the impact that it has. So we already mentioned developmental, the big and the little. Um, we have acute, what we call acute trauma or discrete trauma, which is kind of a one-off, like a one-time thing that just happened, like everything was pretty good and this one bad thing that's not really related to anything else happened. And that could be like a um, car accident or a dog bite. A dog bite. Yeah, that's a, that's, um, and so again, the scale of how impactful that is, is going to differ for every person mm -hmm. too. So mm -hmm. um, there's just a lot that goes into understanding the impact of trauma. But what the kind of trauma that we're going to talk about today that has impacted every single um, human being mm -hmm. this past year is what is known as collective trauma. Yeah. Can you define that for us? Yeah. So collective trauma is when a group of people goes through the same trauma together. So collective traumas, um, past collective traumas that everybody would be familiar with would be, um, you know, 9-11 for most yeah. of us. Maybe not, not all of our, not our children, but, but those of us who are adults, we remember 9-11 and that was a collective trauma for us. Um, or, you know, like my, our grandparents, Pearl Harbor, or even World War II, both are collective traumas. Mm -hmm. Pearl Harbor was maybe a single incident trauma, and then um, World War II was a more long-lasting collective trauma. And so the collective trauma, of course, that we're going to be talking about today is the pandemic, and it mm -hmm. was ongoing, and it really still is. So, like, we have, we're not, we're not actually done with it and we're trying to make it a 2020 thing yeah um but we're still experiencing it so and I think that that's what I'm seeing a lot in my clients even in my own home we thought it would be over mm. yeah <laughs> um we didn't you know realize how long it would last the impact of what we lost on all fronts right. and um you know, we were talking about hope deferred makes the heart sick in Proverbs, I think. You know, we just kept thinking 2021 was going to be different. Mm. And so 2021's kind of like hope deferred. I feel like that. Yeah. A little I can bit. I see that. Yeah. And then we were talking about um, approaching kind of the year anniversary. Right. We don't really know when it started. You know, for us in our county, we know the day that schools closed at the end of February. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember the day schools closed and everybody said, get to the grocery store. Yeah. Because I'm not a planner. Right. And so, of course, last minute, I'm at Publix 
and there's no meat. I'm no, with, there's no toilet paper. Yeah. And I'm with my son, and I felt like I was in a movie. And so that was okay. that last That's, weekend in February. What you said is very important because feeling like you're in a movie, as a, as a counselor who treats trauma, you know right there. I was disassociated. Yeah, that's a symptom of trauma. <laughs> so I was you, traumatized. Yeah. I was totally anxious in Publix thinking, this is not my story. This is not real. Yeah, feeling like it's not real. It can't be happening. All I don't time. want oxtail. That was the <laughs> only... <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, you could boil it. It might make a nice soup. Oxtail was the... I remember. This is memory, you know. Yeah. The only meat available to me was oxtail, hmm. and I panicked. Okay. So tell us what implicit memory is. Okay. So implicit memory is trauma is stored as implicit memory, first of all. So we have, we have two types of memory, um, explicit and implicit. Explicit memory, we have a story to go along with it. Like we know... We can say, I learned how to ride my bike when I was six, and we remember the day, and we have the story that goes along with it. You have a story that goes along with the pandemic, but the story is not necessarily linked to the information that your brain was receiving that made it feel like an out-of-body experience. Talk a little bit more about that. Okay. So when we experience trauma, it enters our brain and bypasses the prefrontal cortex which is is at the top of our brain so the prefrontal cortex is our part that helps us with planning and decision making you probably felt like you couldn't make good decisions in that moment you didn't really know what to do you were just kind of and there may be pieces of the story that are missing yeah it's like you don't remember the whole thing that's very common because we bypassed the prefrontal cortex and what your brain did is it actually started putting pieces of that story together after the fact. So when you experienced it, it was as, as implicit. Mm -hmm. So that is sensory information. We store it um, as smells, sounds, tastes, sights, touch, mm -hmm. and all of those things can pull it back up, can access it. Mm -hmm. It does not get integrated into long-term memory. It stays activated in our short-term memory, short-term nervous system looking for opportunities to protect us. It is the implicit memory, I think, are some of the building blocks of panic and panic attacks mm -hmm. um, because it's information that we can't make sense of. It's not linear. So when it gets when this information gets stored internally, nonlinear means it's not aware of time. Mm -hmm. So this type of memory, even though it's a memory, even though your body is experiencing a memory, it is not aware of time. Mm -hmm. So you cannot say to yourself, oh, these feelings, not at least not initially, we can begin to recognize, but you're not initially going to know that this is a this is memory that this comes from the dog bite or being mm -hmm. in the store and not being able to you know find what you needed for your family it's that mm -hmm. feeling of being panicked yeah. being out of control can i give an example yeah 
So I think, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about awareness. Mm -hmm. um, as a counselor, I try to be very self-aware. Um, but my dad, growing up and into my young adulthood, was very, very sick in the hospital lot. And there's a smell. The hospital has a smell. The soap, you know, all the mm -hmm. things. And I remember one of my dear, dear friends was in the hospital and I had, a, you know, I wanted to go visit her and I walk into the hospital. I had not been in a hospital in years and the smell hit me and I began to sense sadness and panic, but I was self-aware and I could tell myself this is implicit memory, the smell. Mm -hmm. has triggered it and this is about your dad this is not about your friend right. who is safe she's just getting a procedure right um is that kind of what you're talking yeah, about absolutely that is a perfect example mm -hmm. of implicit memory so it's non-linear when you say non-linear what do you mean it's not aware of time okay you don't know your body does not know that it feels fresh it yes feels it feels like same. it's Right now. Right now. It feels this, it's the same feelings that you had when you went to visit your dad in the hospital, but, but it's, it's not separate situations. separate situations. And the brain doesn't always know the that. The brain does not know the difference between it. Um, and it's non-verbal. Yeah. So you did not, in that moment, because you're a counselor and because you've learned about implicit memory and you know about trauma, you knew to recall the story, oh, this is about my dad. But when it came up for you initially, the body, story, my body it was just it. a body response. It yeah. was feelings. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, you were sometimes were, you know, just flooded with those feelings. Yeah. So um, one thing we wanted to accomplish today for everybody listening, we want you guys to hear this and walk into February, March yeah. with awareness um, of what is coming with this anniversary, right. what might be implicit, like we want this to be a takeaway. Right, and and that to recognize that this can come in the form of emotions, so these may be emotions that you're feeling, but it could also be um, physical feelings, so you might notice that your shoulders are really tense. The body stores trauma in different parts in different ways, but if there is pain or tension in a part of your body that you just, you know, that's your body telling you it has something to communicate mm -hmm. um, and with respect to implicit memory a lot of times. Yeah. So if we slow down and we just kind of listen or schedule a massage or do yoga, mm -hmm. that we can calm the nervous mm -hmm. system down um, and, you know, use our prefrontal cortex to integrate. Because what we want to do is we want to integrate this. We don't want this to be our every March we have this feeling of dread come over us. Yeah. Or even I was telling you for Easter, I was so sad last Easter because I couldn't worship in a building. It's a different Easter for me. Yeah. And I don't want to enter into this Easter, even if I'm still not in a building. Right. With those same heavy feelings. feelings. Yeah, because it's going to be different this year. We've Last year there was a lot of unknowns. This year, we've, we've been through it, and I think the other thing that is very important for us to acknowledge and talk about and integrate as we feel those feelings come up 
in the next couple of months is that it wasn't all bad. Mm -hmm. And we need to change the way that we're, the language around the way that we're talking about 2020. Because right now, the way we're talking about it, we're reinforcing the trauma of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was hard. But we, and we need to acknowledge that it was hard. But we also, on the other hand, we need to acknowledge all the blessings mm -hmm. that, that were present in the midst of hard times. Um, you know, for us, one of our blessings that, that we named and acknowledged in our household is that daddy um, gets to be home. And, you know, the kids were home from school, too, for quite a while. Um, and my husband is still working from home quite a bit. And so that was a real blessing in our family that we had increased quality time together and that he is able to take a break from work and walk down to the bus stop um, now, you know, and so that's just just things like that um, that we're able to acknowledge yeah. that there are blessings and hardships. Yeah. And I'm sure you can think of others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, you know, even one of my son's struggles academically and being home from school I was able to watch how he learns best and I was able to see some of those gaps that I never would have been able to see if he had been in school full time. And right. so because of that, we have a whole new education plan um, because I never got to see him learn. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the big, the right. big blessings. Talk about how, what negative thinking, um, versus positive thinking, rational thinking does for our brains. Again, we're not minimizing the pain we've been through. We know, yeah. we yeah. know there's been death, there's been loss. Right. We, we want to acknowledge that grief. Um, we want to grieve. Yes. But, you know, we don't want to stay stuck in that cycle. No. And so talk about what that does. How you said it reinforces the trauma. And then what does shifting states... Mm -hmm. And you know maybe explain integrating and then explain what shifting states does for our our actual brain. There's science behind this. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think the way to to start with. Let's start with the resources. So let's start with what resource you or the resources that you noticed you mentioned your son and that was you were able to the hard thing in that was the learning difficulties but god surrounds us with resources and he surrounds us with the resources that we're going to need to get through hard times to get through hard things we were designed to heal to grow stronger um through adversity and there's lots of scripture that backs that up that the the one that comes to mind is in Romans that um, endurance produces character and character produces perseverance. perseverance. Yeah, I'm gonna. I know. I'm faith, gonna, all faith. kinds of good things. Hope and hope does not put us to shame, um, and that's the kind of hope that's different than hope deferred. Yeah. And we talked about that earlier too. It's a hope that anchors us in Jesus. Our hope is in Him. Our hope is in His plan, His story, um, and knowing that He is resourcing us in yeah. all kinds of ways. That's the kind of positive thinking that is going to help us integrate. So when we have resources before and behind, because he goes before and behind, and we acknowledge those resources, and then we don't just acknowledge them, we don't just name them, but we sit in them. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And we, we cultivate inside of ourselves the gratitude for those resources. When we sit in those and we, and we cultivate gratitude in our heart and we allow it to just fill us and flow through us. And this, that requires quiet time. It requires, you know, time with him. But when we are able to do that, those are the building blocks of building a healthful narrative and integrating trauma. We've started the work. And it heals our brain. It heals our brain. And you know, I tell my clients, yeah. I tell my clients, I, you know, I learned this, a lot of this from you, but when we're in trauma or traumatic situations, you know, the brain is, is scanning for danger. Yeah. It's scanning for, for the, the tiger that's about to eat you. And I think collectively, yeah. as a nation, some of us got used to scanning for danger, oh waiting, yes, waiting for the next bad thing. And so what, and I believe this is what God would have us do. I think this is, you know, his word says, be anxious for nothing, but with everything, with thanksgiving, yes, is to begin to scan for beauty. Oh, I love that. You oh, Kurt Thompson yeah. would be so proud of me. Yeah, and that's what, you know, that's yeah. what I tell my yeah. boys, I tell my clients, I tell yeah. my brain. This is hard, but even if I have to have a magnifying glass, there is something beautiful. There is something beautiful. And I've done that exercise, too, you know, with my clients where you go look for something big and beautiful because mm-hmm. this helps our brain sh- shift focus and then try to something find the smallest, tiniest, beautiful little thing that you can find. So big beauty and small beauty. And and just to know that, you know. Yeah. And one way we do that is using our five senses. Absolutely. So yeah. what do I smell? What can I put in my mouth? Mm-hmm. You know, last night I had my little guy, and I was teaching him about this, actually. And I, I just smelled his skin because he had just taken uh-huh. a bath. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of went around the room, you know, what are the colors, what are the colors on the wall? Do you feel your clothes on your skin? Yes. Um, could you put something yummy in your mouth? Right. That all is a way that we can scan for For beauty. beauty. Yeah. 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 So we don't have to, you know, we don't have to plan a destination vacation to scan for beauty. Yeah. It can be found. Sometimes it's the treasure inside us. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, kind of wrapping up, I can't believe it's almost been 30 minutes. Um, wow. <laughs> we, we could talk about this all day. We really could, but we, we won't. Because we're weird like that. Yeah. Um, we kind of said we wanted to leave you guys with a call to action. You know, our hope is that we all walk away from this with awareness, curiosity, and self-compassion. So, mm-hmm. can you touch on how they can become aware, how... They can become curious, and then why is self-compassion important? Okay, yeah, sure. So awareness, again, is just noticing yourself. So if you find yourself more irritable, if you find yourself in a situation where the emotions don't match the circumstances, like you're a little bit too afraid or you're, you're too upset, you're too sad, um, just check in with yourself, just, and it's that sort of just internal self check. Um, you know, we, we've thrown out a couple of names as we've been talking to some of the people that, you know, have 
definitely been an influence for us or that we we've learned from Kurt Thompson was one um, Dan Siegel has a great exercise called sift and I was actually doing that yesterday as I was getting a massage that was something I had scheduled for myself for self-care going knowing that we're heading you know into February and March and so I just wanted to really tune in to my body so sift is notice physical sensations then when you find one let's say you're tense in your shoulders just Pay attention to it for a minute and um, notice any images that come up because implicit memory may communicate with us or we communicate with ourselves in like flashes of images first before the words come and before the feelings even come. It could be an oxtail. Yeah, it could be an oxtail. Um, yeah, it could be an oxtail. It could be, um, oh, perfect perfect example of last year I kept having these kind of anxious feelings in internally and this was on into the pandemic a little bit and I'm checking in with myself so it might not be an image that actually happened and I saw myself in a basement with no windows and I was just kind of jumping trying to get out mm -hmm. and so <laughs> as I began to process that and sit with that and feel the feelings the feelings that went with that image were that I'm, I'm trapped. Yeah. And at that point, I think we had not left our house in like three weeks. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I was feeling trapped. And then the thoughts that came with it is, I can't, I'm trapped. I can't leave. There's, you know, I, I'm not free to go yeah. do my normal things. And so that was my implicit memory trying to, communicate with me that there was a sense of danger yeah. you know in my environment and so then I can use my prefrontal cortex and go yeah this is hard that we can't leave the house but here's what I can do yes yeah and here are the blessings that I can recognize and here are the friends that I can reach out to and you know we can mm -hmm. um at that point have a zoom party or yeah you know, but I'm not trapped um so that's so, great awareness. Yes. I can take a walk. I can go take a walk. Yeah. And I can get out of the four walls of my house. And I think that's actually what I did that day. Yeah. I went for a nice walk and used my five senses to call right. my nervous system. And I love um, curiosity. Yes. I think we're so bad at, like I was telling you last week, I wound up taking several naps, which I don't usually take naps. And I was kind of shaming myself. And mm -hmm. so just being curious, like, why is my body taking naps? Well, it, it needed rest. It really yeah. did. Yeah. So when you those emotions come up, you notice them. That's the awareness. Right. Then you be curious about yeah. it. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder what's going on. Yeah. And so I wonder what's going on is so different than what's wrong with me. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I want to, us, I want to encourage us to, to speak in the language of, hmm, I wonder what's going on. Um, and another, another kind of funny pandemic example came to mind when I was sharing that about the basement. I had another friend whose little girl had been, um, she had created this like box house for herself and she had taped all her Barbie dolls to the wall. And so then my friend called and she said, what's wrong? <laughs> and I said, 
said nothing. That sounds absolutely normal. That's what we all felt like. If I had, but I would tell, I mean, I feel like I need to take myself to the wall right now, right? Um, and children process through play, so yeah, that sounds totally normal. Yeah. So it's not um, what's wrong, it's what's going on. Yeah. Because this, a lot of what we're feeling and thinking makes sense in the context of collective trauma. Yeah. And implicit memory. Mm -hmm. So we just need to understand it's the way God designed our system to be self-protective. And give us clues. Give us clues. Our body has something that it wants to communicate with us that, you know, March is coming back up. So we may start yeah. to feel some of these feelings more tense. Mm -hmm. um, and then we can do something yeah. about it. And we can do something about it with self-compassion. Yeah. So I think that's the salt. Not shaming yourself for taking not a nap. Not shaming yourself for taking a nap. Not um, shaming yourself for, for feeling trapped. Not shaming yourself for grieving. Or yelling. Or yelling. Um, yeah, losing your temper. Just looking at yourself with self-compassion and then making a full brain decision about how to cope. Because remember, when we can cope, when we can understand, and we can integrate, then we resolve trauma. Mm -hmm. and, and, then, and tell them what integrate means real quick. Integrate is just, you know, we talked about that information bypassing the prefrontal cortex, going in through our sensory pathways and being stored as implicit memory. So it's over here hanging out by itself, trying to self, trying to protect us when it has an opportunity. Meanwhile, our prefrontal cortex, we're constantly learning adaptive information. You know, adaptive information is, what have we learned through the pandemic? Okay, so what, what have we learned? I don't need to be entertained as much as I thought I did. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, the toilet paper will come back eventually. And if it doesn't, I can borrow some from my friends. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, my mom still takes toilet paper from me yeah. occasionally. And I happily share. And, yeah. um, and I don't need to hoard. Right? Right. I, I can. So, we've learned some adaptive information about um, taking naps, about toilet paper, about Entertainment. Entertainment. Um, oxtails aren't that bad. No, oh, they are. I'll never. I'll never cook that. He'll never cook oxtails. Um, but, you know, we. so there's adaptive information that we have learned um, that we get to walk to the bus stop and we get to spend extra time with our kids and we get to learn. We get to see firsthand what kind of learners they are. Um, all of these adaptive information, pieces of adaptive information we have right now, when all the resources in are in place, and then that's in God's timing. Um, and sometimes these are things that just naturally integrate on a walk. So it's when those two things start communicating. They start communicating and lining up and they integrate, yeah. they mesh. This adaptive information gets to have a conversation with a part of ourselves that thinks we still need to be protected. Gotcha. And they integrate. It's much more rational. Yes. And the feelings, they they calm down. Yeah. You can feel that internal calm down. Um, and so I think, you know, 
this was a collective trauma. It still this is, is a, collective a collective trauma. trauma. Yeah. But what that means to me is, is there are others around you. Mm -hmm. And so that is the body of Christ that because we've all gone through this together and there are others that understand if anything beautiful can come out of this is how the body of Christ has gone through suffering together. And what we know about Jesus is suffering, his suffering brought our salvation. Yeah. And so something beautiful comes out of suffering. Absolutely. So I, you know, I can't wait to see what God's going to do with this collective trauma because we've all been through it together. Oh my goodness. Like revival. I mean, that's what I'm praying for. Yeah. That would be so cool. Yeah. But I mean, he definitely does give, he gives beauty for ashes. There's yeah. hope in every situation. Um, there's hope in the storm. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that as we were. Um, you know, as we were talking about this, it, it, I, we, this is not about, you know, us plugging what we want to resource y'all. We want y'all to have the information that you need to, to heal. And, um, there's so many things that you can do on your own, but there's so many wonderful resources out there. And, uh, if you're looking for something to help your children too, um, Hope in the Storm is a great, it, it talks about the resources before and behind and helps you build those for your child. Mm -hmm. So, And so um, where can they find you to get more trauma resources? www.youareabeautifulcreation.com. Um, the book is on there and a link to the Lift podcast is on there. We're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Okay. And um, Instagram. And Instagram. And if you're listening to this on our podcast, because it's going to be a podcast episode, um, we are videoing it, and, and we're going to put it on the Lyft um, Facebook page, I think. And our background are the illustrations for the book, Hope in the Storm. So mm -hmm. that, that would be, if you're listening, hopefully. And if you're watching, we have enjoyed mm -hmm. hanging out with you and hanging out with each other. Yeah. Yay. Thank you, guys. <laughs>